You can sit down. Hallelujah. 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 Break down my walls, God. Hey, listen. Don't start my timer yet. That's, that's, of, that's of the devil. Listen. That's what we're going to do tonight. I'm going to put you through what we're going to do, and then we're going to go in and do it. All right? That's what we're doing. Tonight, we're going to read some scripture. And I, I want to warn you, please don't be sensitive tonight because tonight God is going to speak to you and he might convict you. And here's the thing that I know. Whenever someone con is convicted or whenever somebody feels bad or whenever somebody feels like someone is trying to tell them, listen, that's not what you're supposed to do. Instead of going away from God because of the conviction, instead of saying, man, I smoked, I can't come to church on Tuesday. I tripped up, I can't come to church on Tuesday. Your sin and your accidents and your conviction should draw you closer to God, not away from him. It should draw you closer. That's like saying, I just got cancer. Let me not go to the hospital because they're not going to take me in. I'm going to look too sick. And God is saying, listen, I'm a hospital. <laughs> Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So we're going to talk. We're going to go over the Bible. And I want to read a scripture. This portion of scripture right here is so beautiful to me because it is a, it's like a poem. And it's between a girl and a guy. And this, and this poem kind of represents our love between us and God, right? This poem is a parallel between two, uh, 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 a boy and a girl talking about how much they love each other. And this is what we need to parallel ourselves with God. We need to acknowledge that there is a relationship between you and God that needs to take place. The same way that there's a relationship between these two people, there is a relationship between you and God. And this is where we come up. You guys ready to read? So I broke it down from the girl's point of view and the boy's point of view. We're just going to go down it. And they're just trying to kick it to each other, right? They see each other. She look kind of cute. You know what I'm saying? He looking just as good as he could look, trying his best. And this is what she says. I am a rose of Sharon, a lily of the valleys. I don't even know what that means, but it sounds amazing. <laughs> Him, he says this. He says, like a lily among thorns, you're a flower among thorns. And some of you, some of you guys hold Jesus as if he's some regular person. Let me know your God is a flower among thorns. Your God is a God that sticks up and grows and moves you. And nothing else can move you or grow you the way that God does. Your God is a lily among thorns. And that's how he describes his wife. He says, like a lily among thorns is my darling among the young women. Whew. Man, if you're trying to get with a girl, just tell her, hey, listen, every, uh, every girl out here, they just look like thorns. You just a flower, girl. You fine. <laughs> hey, the Bible know how to kick it, bro. Keep it a G. Then she says after hearing that, you know, she's gassed like all y'all be. Then she says, like an apple tree among the trees of the forest is my beloved among the young men. I delight to sit in his shade. Whoo! I delight to sit in his shade. I, I got to preach. Okay. I delight to sit in his shade. And his fruit is so sweet to my taste. Let him lead me to the banquet hall and let his banner over me be loved. Strengthen me with the raisins, refreshing me with the apples, for I am faint with love. His left arm is under my head and his right arm embraces me. And then he says, daughters of Jerusalem, I charge you by the gazelles and by the does of the field. Do not arouse or awaken love until it so desires. And then she says, listen, my beloved, look, here he comes, leap across the mountains, bounding over hills. My beloved is like a gazelle or, or, or a young stag. Look, there he stands behind our wall, gazing through the windows and peering through the lattice. My beloved spoke and said to me, 
Arise, my darling, my beautiful one, come with me. See, the winter is past, the rain is over and gone. Flowers appear on the earth. The season of the singing has come, and the cooing of the doves is heard in our land. The fig tree forms its early fruit. The blossoming vines spread their fragrance. Arise, come, my darling, my beautiful one, come with me. So she's like, yo, you got me, right? Like, you win, you got me. And then he says this, he says, my dove in the clefts of the rock, in the hiding places of the mountains, show me your face, let me hear your voice, for your voice is so sweet, and your face, mm, girl, if I could just kiss that face. <laughs> and then look at this, after saying all this love, after showing how much, each other, how much they love each other, look what they both say in unison. They say this together, it says, Catch us for the foxes, the little foxes that ruin the vineyards, are vineyards that are in bloom. Why do they say this? The whole time they've been talking about lilies and trees, and they are comparing and paralleling their love to a garden. But they say together at the end, they say, catch us the little foxes because it is the foxes that are little that ruin the vineyard. And so many of us have a beautiful relationship with God, a, a relationship that is blooming, a relationship that is growing like a garden. But we look at these foxes, and a baby fox is one cute little thing, and we let it roam around the vineyards when really those things have the potential to kill your relationship with God. And we look at the foxes and say, man, no, 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 don't, don't, don't kill the foxes. Let's just, let's just take care of them. Let's bring, no, 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 you need to kill that right now. So tonight, we're going to parallel this with another story. I, I, I was thinking about this. I asked God, man, what is a time in the Bible where you mentioned foxes and God brought to me a story of David? Somebody say David. David. Uh, the message, the passage is basically as we bloom, we must keep our eye out for the little foxes because it's the little foxes that ruin the relationship. And in David's life, there's a moment where he is, it, 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 he gets introduced to a fox, right? So what we're going to do tonight, and, and I know we're talking about God I'm listening. That's our sermon series for tonight. And I'm going to show you that, you know, last first week we talked about uh, where are you when God was calling from Adam. Second week we talked about where is your brother. And that's when God was talking to uh, the son of Adam. And now when we're talking about listening to God, what we're going to do is we're going to jump into the Bible and literally listen to the word of God. Can I tell you that the Bible is called the word of God? And some of you guys ask us and say, man, how do you hear from God? And I, I haven't heard from God in years. And my question is, how are you not hearing from God? He has his word on paper for you. So if you haven't been hearing God, my question is, when's the last time you opened your word? Say, so God isn't speaking to me. Well, you're not opening and reading his word. How, if I knew the diary to my crush, I'd be all in that thing. But for some reason, y'all don't even have your favorite version. I don't understand. So tonight, we're going to jump into the Bible. You ready? You ready? Second Samuel, the, the title of tonight's message is The Foxes. Y'all ready? Oh, we about to turn up? <laughs> okay. Second Samuel, New International Version, David and Bathsheba. It starts like this. In the spring, at the time when kings go off to war. Listen to this. It is the time where kings go off to war. David sent Joab with the king's men. Now, David is a king. He's the head honcho, and his people are going to war. And the Bible literally says, at the time when kings go off to war, David didn't go to war. He sends his boy Joab, who leads the Israelite army. They destroyed the Ammonites and besieged the rabbi, but David remained in Jerusalem. One evening, David got up from his bed and walked around the roof of the palace. From roof, he saw a woman bathing, and the woman was very beautiful. So first off, he's introduced to a fox, and she's butt naked taking a shower on a roof. First of all, and, and some of you guys look at God and say, God, 
I don't know why I was tempted so hard. And God is saying, listen, you weren't even supposed to be in the palace. You had a responsibility to go to war. Some of us look at God, and God is, we, we say, God, why am, I, why am I exposed to all these things? Why are you exposing me? And God is saying, listen, had you been doing your responsibility, you never would have came into contact with that fox. How many relationships would you have not regretted had you been doing your responsibility? So I hate when people say, Pastor John, I can't, do, uh, I can't serve anymore because I want to tell you something. Servanthood is a key to blessing. There is a blessing that comes with serving. So when you serve God and you come on a Tuesday early and you serve, there's a blessing that comes with that. So when you cut yourself from servanthood, you are cutting yourself from blessings and you release yourself from the responsibility. And when you lack responsibility, you invite opportunity for failure. Point number one, you ready? Throw it up. Point number one. When you neglect responsibility, you invite opportunities for failure. Leaders, here's the answer to everything. Stay busy. Stay connected. I got into a bunch of bull crap until I got a girlfriend. She keep me real busy, y'all. And I stopped going out to parties. I stopped going out chilling with my guys. I stopped doing all that. Listen, some of you guys just need to get busy. Because the moment you leave your responsibility and the moment you have all this free time in your life, that's when the devil comes to and says, okay, I love boredom. Let's work in it. You bored? Let's, let, let's do something fun. What you want to do? So the answer for many of you is to make sure you stay busy. Look at the person next to you say, stay busy. Stay busy. Come on, the devil lives in boredom. It's funny how when the devil ruined mankind through Eve, she was walking in boredom. And he just happened to be chilling on a tree. Back to the story. So one, eight, one evening, David gets up from his bed, and he walked around the roof of the palace. From the roof, he saw a woman bathing, and the woman was very beautiful. The Bible says he was walking around the palace. Everything's going good. They just won the war. Man, I want to tell you something. Foxes come when everything's going right. You get exposed to a fox when everything's going You ever seen that video where the girl's like, I know if I get with you, that's going to be missed texts, missed phone calls. You're going to be cheating. But I'm going to let you in anyway. Like, take, waste my time. Come on. Some of you guys look at the, the temptations from the devil. You say, come on, waste my time. Take my purity. Let's go. Jesus. Take my money. Come on, let's go. Take my sanity. Take, I got time today. I got time today. I got time today. Take, 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 take my, my heart. You look, at, you look at a relationship. You look at a, a, a job. And you say, take my time away from church. Come on. I got the time. Take it. Take my time. Listen, the, the foxes come when everything's going great. So if your life's going good right now, you need to be extra cautious. Some of us like to be cautious when it's too late. God is saying when you're at the palace, you need to make sure that you're doing your responsibility. Because foxes come when everything is going great. Back to the Bible. Come on, we're jumping through these notes. I got like 22 minutes. All right. One evening, David got up from his bed, and he walked around the roof of the palace. From the roof, he saw a woman bathing. The woman was very beautiful. And David sent someone to find out about her. He's basically saying, yo, show you right there. Somebody go get her right now. The man said, she is Bathsheba, the daughter of Eliam and the wife of another man. Then David sent the messenger to get her anyway. She came to him, and he slept with her. Everything in the palace was perfect until he sees this woman. The palace wasn't the problem. Her entering him was the problem. And so many of us look at God and say, why are you letting so many things happen? And God is saying, listen, your fox wasn't born in the palace. You let her in. Your addiction was not born in your life. You let it in. How many times have you made the prayer, God, why did you let this happen to me? And God is saying, I didn't let it. You allowed it. Come on. I didn't let it. You invited it. 
And there is a sin sickness that you are inviting to infect you whenever you look at God and do whatever you want to do. Come on. It comes to a point in time where whenever you see something, you have to make the right decision and say, I'm not inviting that into my palace. Come on. Look at the person next to you say, no, you're not making it in my palace. No foxes in my palace. No foxes in my palace. Point number three, foxes aren't born in the palace. They are let into the palace. There are always going to be foxes in your life. Whether you let them into your palace or not is up to you. My question is, who are you letting into your palace? Who have you let into your palace these last couple of months? Because maybe some of y'all need a clean house. So David sends someone to find out about her. The man said, she's with another dude. What are you doing? Then David still sent his messengers. She came to him and she slept with him. Now she is purifying herself for her monthly cleansing list. Then she went back home. The woman conceived and sent word to David. And she said, I am pregnant. So the woman comes in the palace. He sees Shorty from, that's a fox. Go get her. She got him in. I don't care. (laughs) Bring her over here. He sleeps with her. She comes in alone. But she leaves pregnant. She comes in empty-handed. But she leaves with something. Let me tell you something. Point number four. You ready? Point number four. Foxes don't leave empty-handed. She came in by herself, and she left with a child. A fox might come along, but they always leave with a piece of you. That boyfriend came alone, but he left with your purity. That that, that girl, she came alone, but she left with your peace. You can't trust girls no more because she don't know how to act. There's so many things are happening in your life, and you're letting them in thinking that it's only going to affect you too, when really something's going to birth from that. Foxes coming empty-handed, but they leave with a piece of you. Come on, that job came by itself, but now it left with all your church time, and you don't even know how to pray anymore. Come on, that, that, that relationship, that friendship came into your life, and you thought that was going to be it, but they left with your purity, your sanity, your mind. They left with it all. Who are you letting into your palace? Come on. Foxes don't leave empty-handed. They came alone, but they left with your happiness. They came alone, but they left with everything that was good about you, and you got the nerve to point fingers at God. I told you I don't be sensitive today, not today. You got the nerve, you got the, you got, you got the nerve to blame God for saving you from something that you did. Listen, 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 listen. Some of us even take credit for making it out of a place when we brought ourselves into a place. God saved you from you, and still you credit yourself. Come on, it comes to a point, like, I love you guys, and we could talk grace all day, but it comes to a point where we need to grow. Because I'm tired of seeing your palace looking the way it looks. I love you too much to walk past your palace and see a fox and ignore it. What would the church look like if we all ignored each other's foxes? What would it look like? David gets a woman pregnant. And the craziest part is that the woman has a husband. And the woman's husband is fighting in the army that David isn't even fighting in. Somebody catch up. The the husband of the woman that is sleeping with David, he's fighting a war that David should be fighting. He is, even worse, David's the king. He's fighting for David. Yet David is sleeping with his wife. Gets her pregnant while he is out there fighting. Oh, geez, Louise. 
So he's fighting for the king, and the king is with his wife. My thing, I want to tell you this right now. Watch who you fight for, because they might be the death of you. Come on. Hey, 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 hey. My question, you ready? My question right here. Who are you defending? Because it might be the death of you. Who are you defending? Hey, hey, hey. Listen up. Some of you guys have been defending that terrible relationship for too long, and it's been the death of you. Ever since you stepped in to that relationship, it's been killing your relationship with your mom, with your dad, with your brothers, with your sisters. The Holy Spirit is speaking to somebody right now. Hey! Woo! Hey! Ever since you let that person in, they've been stripping you away, and you've been defending them. Mom, you don't know what he's been through. You don't know what he's doing. You don't know what he, you don't know, you don't know. Defending the thing that is ruining your life. And God is saying, come on. You're fighting. Who are you fighting for? Look at the person, who are you fighting for? Who are you fighting for? Who are you fighting for? How do you know if somebody's killing you? How do you know if somebody's killing you? You ready? Come on, hey, listen, 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 listen. How do you know, how do you know if someone, how do you know, how do you know if somebody is the death of you? How do you know? How do you know who to fight for? If you aren't helping me grow, you're holding me back. Hey, I say this, I say this to my youth all the time. Our youth, I tell them all the time because I know at a young age, relationships is everything. So I tell the youth in middle school and high school, I say, if they aren't pushing you forward, then they're holding you back. The word that God is trying to tell you tonight, if somebody is not pushing you towards your calling, they're holding you back from your calling. If somebody isn't pushing you towards your destiny, they are pulling you from your destiny. And you have to make the decision. Do I feel okay with you pushing me away from where God has called me? And I'm sorry, you look cute. We've been friends for a minute, but ain't nothing gonna come between me and my calling. Ain't nothing gonna come between me and my destiny. Because here's the thing, after I reach my destiny, then you could come around. But you're not gonna stop me from reaching the place that God has called me to be. You're going to be the reason why I don't find the man that God has for me because I'm too busy fighting for you? No, 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 no. No, 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 no. How do you, how do you know if something is alive and healthy? How do you know if something's alive and healthy? If it's growing. How do you know if something is alive and healthy? If it is growing. You can tell a, a, a flower is alive and healthy because it grows every time you see it. You can tell that a dog is healthy because it's growing, it's growing, it's growing. Your relationship isn't healthy if you aren't growing. That relationship isn't helping you if you aren't growing. That job isn't helping you if you aren't growing. I'm just, we're just speaking facts tonight. Hey, so even if I'm not dead physically or spiritually, if I'm not growing, then I'm dying. There's no in between. Come on, look at the person and say, if you're not pushing me towards my calling, I mean, y'all can repeat it if y'all want. Y'all don't have to. If you aren't pushing me towards my calling, then you're holding me back, dog. So what does David do? Let's look at what David does. David got his, his girl out there. She's pregnant. The dad, what does David do? Look at what David does. In the morning, David wrote a letter to Joab and sent it with Uriah. In it, he wrote, put Uriah, the husband, of the girl that I'm sleeping with, put him out in the front where the fighting is the fiercest. Then withdraw from him so he could be struck down and die. I'm sleeping with your wife, you're fighting with me. Okay, let's put you at the front of the army so you can die, so we can hide this. And the people you're defending will kill you in an instant if it, if it hides what they have. If it hides and it doesn't expose them, they will drop you in an instant. 
and you're defending them. Come on, only person I defend is God. He puts him at the front. He puts him at the front. So while Joab had the city under siege, he put Uriah at the palace, and he knew the strongest defenders were. When the men of the city came out and fought against Joab, some of the men in David's army fell. Moreover, Uriah and Hittite died. When Uriah's wife heard that her husband was dead, she mourned him after the time of mourning was over. David had her brought to his house, and she became his wife and bore him a son. But the thing David had done displeased the Lord. So he said, okay, I'm going to kill you. I'm going to take your wife to be my own. She's not even going to grieve. She's going to grieve in my palace. I'm going to take her to grieve with me. I'm going to marry her when she finds out that you're dead. We're going to raise a son. But my favorite part of the sentence, it says, it says, but the thing David had done displeased the Lord. I want to tell you something. I don't care who put a hit on you. It displeased God, so he's going to take care of it. Some of y'all feel like, some of y'all feel like it's too late. They already took my purity. They already took my sanity. God is saying, it displeased me. I got it. If it displeases God, that's when he steps in. If it displeases God, that's when he comes in and says, no, no, no. She needs her purity back. Come on, devil. Give it to me. Come on. It might take some work. It might take some tears, but she going to get her purity back. It might take some, but she going to trust the guy again. Come on. It, it might, he might be broke for a little bit, but when he gets that job and that promotion, he's going to be set. Come on. We're going we gonna to get him what he's called to have. And some of you guys are doubting God. I came to tell you, don't, got, don't doubt God. That's my word to you tonight. Don't doubt God. Because you feel like all is over. I already lost it all. I already lost it. How could the dead one win in this scenario? Come on. If it doesn't, if it doesn't sit right with God, he's going to take care of it. Look at, look at someone say, God got my back. God got my back. You want to know a side note? When you let a fox into your palace, you get caught up trying to cover its tracks. When you let a fox into your palace, you get caught up trying to cover its tracks. I got to hurry up because I got three minutes. How does the story end, guys? Basically, this is how the story ends. A prophet is sent by Jesus. God literally says, yo, prophet, go to David because nobody knows about this because he played it so smooth, but I'm displeased. So prophet, go to David and expose everything that he's doing. Look what happens. It says this. This is what the Lord says. Out of your own household, I'm going to bring calamity on you. That's what the prophet is telling David. Before your very eyes, I will take your wives and give them to one who is close to you. That's saying you took somebody else's wife who you were close to. Now I'm going to take your wives and give them to other people that you're close to. And so many of you guys are trying to get revenge on the people that hurt you when God is the best at getting revenge. Don't, seek, don't fight a battle that isn't your battle. Don't fight a battle. Before your very eyes, I will take your wives and give them to one who is close to you. And he will sleep with your wives in broad daylight. You did it in secret, but I will do this thing in broad daylight before all of Israel. Then David said to Nathan, I have sinned against the Lord. Nathan replied, the Lord has taken away your sin. Don't, don't try to make a pity party because we get caught up. God, I said, I'm ready to go. No, no, no. It, I would have took it a different way had you confessed it. But since I had to come and blow up your spot, we ain't taking a pity party this time. No, no. I have sinned against the Lord. Nathan replied, the Lord has taken care of your sin. You are not going to die. But because by doing this, you have shown utter contempt for the Lord, the son born to you will also die. The fox that you're fighting so hard to keep, because you love what's been birthed between you and that fox, you and that relationship, you and that job, let me tell you something, you put that above God, he's going to kill it anyway. 
He loves you too much. Can I tell you something? God loves you too much to see you go your own way. He loves you way too much. And we go, it gets a little darker. You ready? After Nathan had gone home, the Lord struck the child that Uriah's wife had born to David. And he became ill. David pleaded with God for the child. He fasted and spent nights lying in sackcloth on the ground. The elders of his household stood beside him to get him up from the ground. But he refused. And he would not eat any food with them. And on the seventh day, his child died. Man, doesn't this look like so many of us? God, please don't let her be pregnant. Please don't let her be pregnant. I'm going to fast. I'm going to do whatever. I knew I shouldn't have done that. God, please. She's still going to be pregnant. <laughs> the son's still going to die. No matter what you do to cover up the tracks, something's going to be taken away. So you need to make a decision. Back in the beginning of the story, you're going to let a fox in or you're going to assume responsibility. You never come into contact with that fox. What are you willing to deal with? The pain in the beginning or the pain in the end? I'm sorry if you thought that this story was going to end off in a great way, happily ever after, but it doesn't. The child died. Let me explain why. I remember when I was in summer school, I wasn't the smartest kid. I went, we got some high school friends here. You guys know? I was in high school, and I was in summer school. And I, I, if you know summer school, summer school is like prison. <laughs> and not because it's like bad or anything, but because like you walk in, and everybody's like dressed in mad bummy. They come in, and they're like, yo, what's going on? Like, you chilling. But nobody talks about why they're there. <laughs> Until, 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 until the brave one goes, so what you win for? <laughs> and then he, he, you, you swear they're in, G, they, you swear they're in jail. They're like, man, I'm in geometry, man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, what you in for, man? Pfft, science busting my butt last year, bro. I remember this one boy I had. I was like, yo, bro, what you doing here, bro? Like, what you, what you in for? He's like, <laughs> what you in for, right? What you in for, like, and he's like, nah, man, you know, I've been, I've, I've, you know, I've been telling my mom I've been getting straight A's, but I've been getting straight F's. And she doesn't know that I'm here. It's the summer. She just thinks I go out, like, with my friends. But I'm here every morning. And, you know, I'm like, bro, you know that's going to catch up to you. Like, like, what happens when you don't graduate? He's like, bro, that's not going to happen. I'm going to bring my grades up. Regular story, right? And I'm telling him, like, bro, that's, like, the dumbest idea you could ever have. But sure. But I can't really tell him nothing because I'm in summer school, too. So it's like, oh, yeah. <laughs> so he's like, yeah, man. Tells his mom he's an A student. He said, Mom, I got a 4.0. I told him, I said, you're going to eventually get caught. He, you want to know what's funny? I ended up getting kicked out of that school. Like I said, I wasn't the best student. And that same kid got kicked out as well. And we ended up going to the same like alternative school. And I was like, bro, like, how you been? He's like, my mom found out. <laughs> my mom found out. And I was like, bro, what'd she do? He was like, unspeakable things. I was like, I don't, wanna, I, don't wanna, I don't want child services to remove me from my mom, so I'm just not going to mention the type of punishment that I dealt with. And, and it's funny because he's saying all this with a smile. I'm like, bro, you happy you went through that? He's like, no, listen, I know I had to go through it because I messed up. I know I had to go through it because, because I just, there's the consequences. Point number five, foxes come with consequences. Foxes come with consequences, and there's no way that you can, there's no happily ever after when it comes with a fox. That's why you got to get rid of the little foxes in your vineyard. You got to get rid of them. Come on, this relationship that you have with God right now, it's early, it's blooming, it's growing. And any little fox, any relationship, any job cannot come in and distort what God has in your life. Because if you let it destroy it, you got to deal with the consequences. And here's the craziest thing. And this is now I close. You know, we can get ready to crash it out. You want to know something? No matter what you've been through, right, no matter what you've gone through, sin was the biggest fox of all. 
sin, missing the mark, not doing what is right. That was the huge fox. Nothing can fix this fox. If we look into the Bible, it, it, you know, like I said, sin was the biggest fox. Keyword was the biggest fox of all time. And because of this fox called sin, we should have been dead. Why? I want to I show you two halves of the same verse, right? So I'm going to show you the first half, and I'm going to show you the second half. The first half of the verse says this. It says in Romans 6, 23, it says, for the wages of sin is death. What is the Bible saying? The Bible saying that sin is so heavy that you cannot pay for your sin with money, with sac You have to die. The only way you could pay, that's why back in there they used to sacrifice animals and kill them because the only way that you can take care of the sin that people were committing, all you own, if I was a human back in those days and I was sinning a lot, or I was just sinning because at the end of the day I'm a human, so I make mistakes, every year I had to sacrifice because the wages of sin was death. If I had to get a perfect lamb and I had to kill it, that's the first part of this verse. So because we sin, we were all supposed to die because that was the price. Because we all sin and we all make mistakes, we all should be dead right now. Because that's the price. The wages of, some of y'all was probably sinning right before y'all came in here. Some of y'all sinning right now texting your side chick. I'm not talking about it. <laughs> I should have told you, put your phone on airplane mode. Some of y'all, and, and, and I'm going to keep it a buck with you. Some of you guys go through so much sin, and you're, you're trying to deal with all of this sin, and, and it's getting out of control, and you feel like there's no point in coming to church. But let me read you the second part of that verse. You ready? It says, for the wages of sin is death. But the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. You want to know something? When Jesus died on the cross for you, he paid your debt. When Jesus hopped on the cross, he paid that price. That, that fox, Jesus took care of it. Come on, Jesus, Jesus kept his word like he said in the Bible. I'm going to take care of these foxes. Let's take care of these foxes. And I don't know where you're at right now. I don't know where you're at in your life. I don't know how you feel. I, uh, I don't know if you feel like you're indebted and you can't come to church and you can't worship and you can't raise your hand. But God wants to let you know right now, listen, I've paid the price already. And you're trying to fight sin when sin is already defeated. Stop trying to fight something you've already beat. And I want to invite you tonight with every head, every head bowed, every eyes closed. Come on, what does this mean? You were supposed to die. You were supposed to die, but God paid the price. Why did he pay the price? Because he loves you. Why did he pay the price? Because he values you. And I want you to accept his love tonight. And if you want to accept his love, I'm going to give you the chance to. When I count to three, if you want to become a Christian, which is as simple as this. If you raise your hand, you're basically saying that you want to start this relationship, this blooming garden. You want to start it with Jesus tonight. And for some of you, you say, man, I can't do it. I sinned too much. God is saying, didn't you hear the short kid? I already paid for it. Some of you say, man, I've been through a lot. I've been through too much. And God is saying, come on, we're going to get that back. We're going to get it back. If you want to embark on this new relationship with the God that will change your life. When I count to three, I want you to be the first person to raise your hand. And I'm going to be honest with you, I only had three minutes left. God has been speaking to you, and I had to cut it short, and I couldn't minister. But I'm telling you right now, God is speaking to you in your heart right now, and he's saying, I love you, and I care for you. And everything I said tonight was for you. That's why every time you heard a point, your eyes lit up, and your heart jumped, and you stood up off of your seat, and you started shaking in your chair because this word was for you. The God of all eternity spoke to me to speak to you tonight. 
This is personal. A relationship, it's personal. So when I count to three, if you want to jump into a personal relationship with the lover of your soul, when I count to three, you better shoot your hand like a rocket. Come on, one, two, three. Shoot your hand. We got one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. Everybody stand up, stand up, stand up. Stand up.